Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you all had a a moment to uh, do some calisthenics and (laughs) get the blood flowing. Uh, We do have plenty more for you. And uh, part of that uh, is also uh, plenty more door prizes. Actually, we have, uh, I believe, 28 in total. We've only given about eight. So that means more stuff to give out. So uh, let's let's do just a, a few more and then we'll get into our next guest who is waiting for us uh, live from L.A. So that's cool. Uh, but just really quickly, we'll, we'll go through a, a few more of these. So uh, our n- ninth door prize of the day is a $25 Zippy's uh, gift card donated by Ronette uh, Nakaima. Uh, so thank you so much for that. And uh, who's going to win it? It's going to be, uh, oh, Vivac Narikar. Congratulations, Vivac. You're going to Zippies. <laughs> uh, all right, let's give just a couple more uh $25 visa gift card oh so you can use that anywhere visa is accepted uh that is donated by oh hey vicky and jim kennedy thank you so much vicky and jim uh let's see who is the winner here let me i don't see it uh Let's see who is the winner. Suspense, suspense. It is uh, oh Carol Hota. Carol Hota, congratulations, Carol. And uh, let's see. Let's give uh, let's give two more because we have so many. <laughs> so uh, next one is a twenty five dollar Starbucks gift card donated by uh, Leslie Spoon. Thank you so much, Leslie. Oh, wonderful. Uh, and let's see who is the winner. Uh, Stacy. Uh, Aldrich, Stacy Aldrich, wonderful. And uh, we'll do one last one, one last one, and then we'll, we'll get to our next speaker. Uh, so number 12, number 12 of the day would be, let's see. Whoa, okay, this is a big one. Hey, all right, so $50 Amazon gift card. You can go on a little shopping spree there. And uh, that is, do- oh, donated by Anonymous. So thank you so much, Anonymous, for your very generous uh, donation there. And that is going to be going to, drumroll, that's going to Chloe Rose. Congratulations, Chloe. I hope you enjoy that. That's a, that's a nice little door prize there. All right. So uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be giving away more stuff very soon. But first, let's get back to our program. And uh, our next speaker is going to be uh, the vice president of Be My Eyes, uh, like I said, he's uh, calling in live from L.A. So welcome, uh, Will Butler. Well, uh, it's great to be here today. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to talk a little bit about Be My Eyes and just about what, what we're building with, with the, the app and with our community in general. Um, and I just want to, I'm so grateful to the, uh, the Hawaii Association of the Blind for inviting me. It's been on my calendar for a while, and it's been something I'm really looking forward to. Hopefully, next time we'll be uh, we'll be all together in person. And uh, yeah, thanks again. So um, today, I just I wanted to to introduce anyone who might not know about Be My Eyes to who we are and what we do. Um, but for those of you who are familiar with who we are and what we do. I've also got a lot of exciting 
news and announcements about how the Be My Eyes community is growing and expanding and um, always sort of, uh, we're always adding new features and, and new, uh, new opportunities and ways of, that you can use the app. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for some of those fun announcements. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I want to start out by just sort of giving an introduction. My name is Will Butler. I am VP of Community at Be My Eyes, and I'm from California, born and raised in California, and I'm legally blind. I was born as a sighted person, and I lived for the first um until my teenage years, uh, completely sighted. Uh, though I always did struggle a little bit to see, um, and I don't, I never identified as someone with low vision, but it was always a part of my life. And I would have to sit in the front of the classroom. I'm sure many of you know what it's like to be that kid. And uh, I, I, you know, it wasn't until I was a teenager that I started to really lose vision in, in, in one of my eyes. And then when I was 19, in my good eye. So right as I was getting into college, I was faced with this prospect of now being legally blind. And it was a very um, kind of scary moment. And there was a lot of uncertainty. And there weren't a lot of people who were there to tell me what I was supposed to do to adapt. The doctors weren't totally helpful. Uh, I had some um, counselors through the Department of Rehab, which were helpful, but I didn't see them very often. And so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a kind of like full-on program. And I really was a little, a little lost. And it took me a few years even to pick up a white cane or even consider a mobility aid. And as soon as I did that, my life changed for the better. And so I think what I really learned um, at that younger age is that there are tools out there that can make our lives infinitely better and make us feel infinitely more confident about doing the things that we love doing. Um, so I, I'm really proud to be working for a small startup today that makes one of these tools. And uh, for those of you who might not know it, it, the app is called Be My Eyes. You can download it onto your phone, whether you have an iOS device like an iPhone or an iPad or onto a Android device. So like uh, any Samsung, uh, you know, phone running an Android operating system. Um, from the Google Play Store. So once you download Be My Eyes, it's a very simple app. You register with your email address um, or your Facebook or your Google account, and then you're up and running. And there's just a couple buttons, and it allows you to call someone and get visual interpretation, visual assistance over a live video connection anytime you need it. But let me back up a little bit and talk just a little bit about how Be My Eyes came to be because it's a pretty interesting story and, uh, and it starts in Denmark. There was a, a gentleman named Hans Jörn Wieberg who was a furniture craftsman and, um, it, and led a very interesting life in, in, in Denmark. But he also had this 
condition that he'd been dealing with his whole life called, that many of you may be familiar with called retinitis pigmentosa. And so Hans was gradually losing vision. And this was right around the time, um, right around 2013 or 14, when, when you started being able to make video calls on a phone, he realized that this was a way that he could get help from people he knew. So he started making FaceTime or Skype calls on his phone to friends and family and pointing the phone camera at whatever it is he needed help reading and his friends or family would, would easily oblige. And he thought, this is really cool. I, I don't have to be with someone in order to receive um, assistance. If something isn't accessible, I can just make a call. Problem was, it gets old after a little while, right? Uh, and if you have someone, if you're lucky enough to have one or two people, you can always call when you need visual assistance. Uh, how many times can you do it before they go, oh, this person's calling me again, they must need help. Not just simply, oh, they want to talk to me or they want to hang out. So he thought, there's all these other people all around the world. And anytime I walk out the door of my house, practically, somebody tries to help me. Uh, whether it's helped me cross the street or tell me where I'm going or tell me to look out for this thing or be careful of that thing. And the irony is when you're in your own environment, when you're in your own neighborhood um, and you've got your routine down, you don't always need that help. But when you, when you do end up needing assistance and support is often when, you're, when no one's watching, when you're by yourself. So we thought, what if all these people out here who want to help could be available to help when I actually need assistance. And that was the concept of Be My Eyes was, what if we created an app where people could volunteer to be the eyes of people who need it? So we launched the app at the beginning of 2015 with very little idea about how, um, how well it would go. We weren't sure uh, if it was going to uh, get any signups at all. And without any marketing, overnight, we had 10,000 people sign up for the app and 1,000 blind and visually impaired users. So that was remarkable. We immediately understood that we were on to something. And we had 10,000 people who wanted to help people see. So we went to work uh, translating the app into different languages. We were in 30 languages within just a few weeks. And it just grew and grew from there. So today, we are one of the largest volunteering communities in the world and one of the largest communities of blind and low vision people in the world globally. We have about 5 million volunteers and about 300,000 blind and low vision users all using the app on a daily basis, uh, making calls, getting the site support they need, and, and uh, really helping each other. Because in many ways, um, I think... The reason the community grew the way it did is because people want to help each other. People want to uh, engage with one another. That, that, I think, is the most core social interaction is I help you and you help me. Um, and so Be My Eyes is an app that allows people to do that. And in a time when um, so many of the apps on our phone are simply vying for our attention or trying to get us addicted or to use them more and more and more. And they don't always leave us feeling good. But when a Be My Eyes call ends, typically both people at the end of the call feel good. The user has their problem solved. 
and the volunteer was able to help in a meaningful way, but a simple way. Uh, typically, we have Be so today we have Be My Eyes calls running on our platform in about 185 languages in almost every country you could imagine. And Be My Eyes calls are happening every minute of the day. Um, someone in New Zealand might be helping someone in the United States. Someone in England might be helping someone in Nigeria. Uh, all day long, these calls are crisscrossing the globe uh, and people just assisting each other. And the calls are not very long. So when you make a Be My Eyes call, oftentimes, you know, the average is maybe two minutes, three minutes. But oftentimes the calls don't last more than 30 seconds. It could be something as simple as, hi there, I'd like to know if my oven is set to 350. Yes, it is. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, 15 seconds even um, to just get a site check on whatever it is that you're, that you're dealing with that isn't accessible. Um, what kind of things are people using the Be My Eyes app for? Well, as I said, the most, one of the most common things is reading those inaccessible LEDs, those uh, displays on whether it's a home appliance or a thermostat, your air conditioner, your heater. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of us live in units where our appliances are unfortunately not accessible. Uh, maybe you're applying bump dots to your microwave and to label it better. You want to make sure you've done it correctly. Or, um, you know, maybe that dang thermostat just is, is, has to be reset. And unfortunately, there's no speech on it. These are great ways of using Be My Eyes. But people also uh, use it for much more creative things all day long as well. We have quite a few uh, uh, fashionable folks who are very passionate about making sure that they look good when they walk out the door. Um, you know, folks who are going to church or people who are going to meet up with their friends or go out for a night on the town. And they want to make sure that, you know, the, the, the jacket that they're putting on looks good with the pants that they've chosen. Or, and so we have a lot of actually a surprising number of clothing consultations. Um, some people who are bold enough to turn the camera on to themselves even um, will we'll ask uh, someone's opinion on their makeup. Um, it's not unheard of. Uh, and then, and then, of course, technology is a huge part of it. So when you're struggling with a computer or maybe you got something in the mail from, from Amazon and you're trying to put it together, anything you might need a pair of eyes for is something they can help with. We've, hey, we've, Will, this is Monica. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to tell you, you have about seven minutes left for your presentation in case you want to take questions. Perfect. Okay, wonderful. Um, yeah, so... Uh, we've heard incredible uh, stories almost every day about how people are using the app. Um, we've heard about people checking their wedding dress before they walk down the aisle. We've heard about um, a, a parent checking their kid's homework. Uh, and my personal favorite is the gentleman who uh, heard a noise in his backyard and he pointed me, uh, he made a be my eyes call and pointed it out the window. And he, he said, I'm hearing a noise in the backyard. And the volunteer said, oh, well, I don't hear anything. Uh, I don't see anything unusual, just your dog. And the man said, well, I don't have a dog. And so that he said, well, there's definitely a dog in your backyard. So he said, well, does he look friendly? He said, yeah, he's very, looks very friendly, wagging his tail. So together with the Be My Eyes volunteer, they approached the dog and they were able to read the tag on the dog's collar and return the dog to its owner, which is pretty incredible. 
And I don't know of any other app um, that can allow you as a blind person to do something like that. It's a pretty special experience. Um, but the, the fun announcements today are about all the ways that BMIs is expanding as a community. So we started out as this volunteer network, but we're a lot more than that today. And um, we've added a second feature to the app called Specialized Help. And this allows you to call an expert, right? An agent, professional from a company um, who can give you video customer support. So it's just like a Be My Eyes call, except instead of talking to a volunteer, you're talking to a tech support agent. Um, you're talking to um, a, 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 medic, uh, a pharmaceutical professional, someone who is really an expert on whatever topic you're calling about. So over the last year, um, we've added an incredible number of companies and you can now make Be My Eyes calls in our specialized section of the app for anything from, uh, let me just give you some, throw out some names, Microsoft offering tech support 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Google, Google's open also almost every day of the week. Uh, accessible pharmacy services, which is a mail order pharmacy that some of you might have heard of. You can call them for help with prescriptions, drug interactions, questions about COVID-19 tests or vaccinations. Um, Verizon, wireless is on specialized help. All of these companies are providing video support through Be My Eyes. And you don't have to download another app or find a phone number to somewhere else in order to reach them. You just click on specialized help in the app and you can give them a ring. The yellow pages for um, a directory of, of accessible companies you can call for video support. Um, I'll leave it at there. And if anyone has any questions, I am happy to answer them. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's, that's most of what I can share today. If you have questions and you want to raise your hand, it's Alt-Y with your PC, Options-Y with your Mac, Star 9 if you're using a phone with a keypad, and if you're using the app, it's in the middle of your screen. And I don't see any questions right now, Will. That's all good. Um, well, I can I can ask you a question. Well, I'm 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 a little curious. So, um, it's, it sounds like so the the people that help when you call somebody up and that person that is helping, they are volunteers. Is is that correct? You're saying volunteers. So, so you have two options in the BMI mm -hmm. app. You can call a volunteer, or you can call an expert. And the experts are those are in the specialized help section of the app. Mm -hmm. So those are paid employees at. Google or Microsoft or Verizon or oh, any of okay. the other places, right? It's video customer support. And then the, the volunteers are just people all around the world. And that is always free, unlimited, anonymous. You can call as many times a day as you need. We, we still have just a couple more minutes. So I, I do have another question. What about um, scaling? How, how has it been? Um, you know, because you said you, you had a big reaction at first. A lot of people signed up both on the user and the uh, volunteer side. Um, has it been tough to scale up? Have you been able to keep up with demand? And how's it going now? Uh, well, the technology is really powerful, right? And, and it really allows us to accommodate as many uh, calls as needed. One of the things that we worked really hard on over the last couple of years was to get connection times down to as few seconds as possible. So we actually reduced our connection times to by more than 50%. If you remember the Be My Eyes app of five years ago, it could take 30 seconds or a minute or two minutes to get some help from someone. Today, if you're speaking English in the United States, you can get help in less than 10 seconds, which is pretty incredible. 
Wow, yeah. So around how many users do you have now then? Uh, we have 300,000 users with blindness or low vision, mm-hmm. and we have 5 million volunteers. Wow, wow. Oh, yeah. sounds really interesting. Yeah, and, and the other thing we've done is we've scaled is really tried to increase um, the content offerings that come along with the app. So we have incredible stories that we publish on the app every couple of weeks, and we're produce, producing a number of podcasts as well. Uh, the Be My Eyes podcast is interviews with blind and low vision people who are passionate about what they do. The 13 Letters podcast is mm-hmm. an accessibility and inclusive design podcast. And uh, we also do a fun one called Say My Meme, where we describe the internet's <laughs> funniest memes for those of us who can't see them. That is, oh, I love that. I love that idea. <laughs> There's so much online stuff that sometimes you miss out on. So, Yeah, uh, if you go to bemyeyes.com slash podcasts, uh, you can check them all out at once. Oh, that's great. Um, and, okay. and one last question, if there, there is a place for feedback, right? Like a user, can they send feedback? Can they tell you like, I'd like it if you do this or that? Absolutely. You can, you can click the mail button directly in the app Perfect. or you can send us an email at info at com. Awesome. All right. So we, thank we you so much, a, Will. We do have a question oh. though. Oh yeah. Wonderful. You. Yeah. From Cynthia, feel free to ask your question. My question is, um, is there a cost for the time online? Uh, no, that, that's been, that's one of the most important things to us, Cynthia, is that we don't charge anyone for using the app. We never do. Um, you can you can call uh, as many times as you need to and spend as much time as you need on the line. And as long as the volunteer, you know, and if a volunteer runs out of time, if they're busy or can't help, you can just call the next volunteer. There's 4.9 million more of them who will, who will be more than happy to spend as much time as you need with you. Thank you. That was very good to know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, special, the specialized help from companies as well is also free. So Microsoft will help you fix your computer uh, at no charge. And they'll spend as long as you need with you to fix whatever problem you might have. And those are all your questions, Will, for Wonderful. now. Beautiful. Will, thank you so much. That was great. And uh, thank you for answering those questions. Of course. I'm really happy to be here. And, uh, and please feel free to send us an email or, or uh, reach out. Thanks so much, uh, and and I hope I hope you have a great rest of the day. Great, thank you. All right, so take care. Let's uh, squeeze in just a couple quick door prizes, and then we'll we'll move right along. So um, our next one is going to be um, a twenty five dollar Amazon gift card uh, donated by Oh Sharon Ige. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, and that is going to be going to. Da, 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 da. Robert Acosta. Robert Acosta, congratulations. You are getting an Amazon gift card. All right. And uh, one more quick one. Uh, That is going to be a $25 Walmart gift card. Nice. We've got a lot of nice gift cards here. Uh, Oh, by Terry Higashi. Thank you. Oh, Terry and Anthony. I can't forget Anthony. Anthony Akamina. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, And uh, that is going to be going to Maureen Sheedy. Congratulations, Maureen. So let me pull up my uh, list here. Our next speaker I'm going to introduce is going to be, let's see. Oh, okay. So from Island Skills Gathering, ISG, we're going to be hearing from the owner, uh, Wally Suarez. Aloha, my name is Wally Suarez and I'm with Island Skill Gathering. 
most of you know us as ISG. We're a local small business here in Honolulu, and we provide support services and product sales to people with disabilities. We work mainly with assistive technology. Your friend and colleague, uh, Vicki Kennedy, had asked me to share a little ditty about ISG as part of your HAB conference, which by the way, um, I'm impressed with your organization. You guys are into this, what, 50 plus years? Um, now I've been to a few of your meetings when there was a once upon a time when they actually held meetings all together at Norman's place and we all got together and that was very nice. I appreciated the uh, fellowship of the meetings, the sharing, the showing, the coming, the going, and I don't know, I thought it was a Kako thing. It was my Kai. Anyhow, I'm, uh, I'm glad to share a little bit about Island Skill Gathering or ISG. I'm gonna do a, maybe an overview sort of of our humble beginnings, maybe our K-Day and where we at right now. We, uh, gee, we started Island Skill Gathering back in 1989. So that makes us what, 32 years and counting. Yeah, that's a long time, 32 years in business. Uh, Valerie and I started ISG. We had come from an independent living skills. You know, we used to work with uh, Hawaii Centers for Independent Living. That's where I met Valerie. Later, we fell in love, got married. And then we decided that we were going to take our skills as independent living skills trainers and start our own business um, to provide services to people with disabilities. Um, I'm a person with a disability. I have a spinal cord disorder. I'm a power wheelchair user. Uh, Valerie, actually, her background is in deafness. Uh, she's a sign language interpreter. And so when we got together, we decided, yes, we were going to start Island Skill Gathering. And we called it that because what we were teaching, we were teaching people with disabilities to gather the skills needed to live independently. They, we, were working with DVR, Division of Voc Rehab, and Voc Rehab was helping people with disabilities find and maintain employment. So these people with disabilities were making money and the next step, of course, is to be able to live independently if you so choose. Nothing wrong with living at home. I did till I was 26, 27 years old myself. But when it was time to move out independently, we were there to provide those support services um, and teach the skills. Maybe a good example is Valerie and I decided that one good way to help people with disabilities to gather the skills so that they could live independently was to, in fact, rent a house. So we rented a house in Kalihi, 
It was a three-bedroom, two-bath house. And we screened the right people so that they could afford and they were ready to gather the skills needed and help them move into this house where they participated in all of the kinds of things important and necessary to have a healthy happening household. And so we had three, four people at a time that lived at the house and they all shared in the housekeeping and meal preparation, which meant of course they needed to go to the store. And so people were learning how to manage their time and their money and housekeeping and laundry and shopping and all of that good stuff. And we kind of had to deal with people that they could stay there up to a two year period to learn and to grow and to get the whole gist of living independently. But after two years, it was their turn to move out on their own and let a new person come in where that they could begin to learn the important skill building to live independently. Again, perhaps not for everybody, but the folks we were working with, it was a good thing. We even had a blind person, uh, no need name names, but yeah, we had a blind guy that uh, was one of his first uh, attempts at living independently and uh, he actually did quite successfully. I still see him around today. Um, anyway, that's sort of our humble beginning and why we were called Island Skill Gathering. Um, shortly after that, maybe you guys remember Robin Higa? Robin Higa worked with us. I think Art knows. Uh, Art Company Love would remember Robin. She was a wonderful person. She had a very important role in Island Skill Gathering in that she had come to us and said, look, in the newspaper, there was an ad that Voc Rehab, Division of Vocational Rehabilitation, was looking for vendors in the community to provide support services uh, for their rehab technology program. And we we're like, hey, we could do that. I'm a person with a disability. I utilize assistive technology all the time. All I People I know in some shape or form were using technology to either work or play or live independently. Um, so we decided to take a stab at it and that we did. And I guess looking back at it, I didn't really write a very well written proposal, but BBR did hire us contractually to provide a small part of the contract. And over the years thereafter, we slowly got more and more of the contract, which um, was a wonderful thing because at one point it became a substantial $1 million contract. Not for us, we didn't earn all that money. The monies were really to buy technology for people with disabilities so that they could get a job, keep a job, excel in a job. And so that we did. Um, over the years, of course, we've had a number of people that have worked with us. Um, some came and went. 
Others have remained with us for uh, many years. Um, in addition to the staff that provided the services, we also had volunteers. Um, and at one point we were doing a lot of internships where people with disabilities, some of them blind or people with low vision, came to work with ISG to learn about the different kinds of technologies that the different disability groups would use so that they could do whatever they needed to do. And uh, after they did their internship with ISG, they went on to bigger and better things, I hope. Um, but right now we have a good core group of folks. There's of course myself, I coordinate a lot of the services and I work with JR, Joanne Rodriguez. She came to us, um, gee, I don't know, 15 years ago now. I'm gonna have to check with her. She might say not that long, but must've been about that long. And she came as our uh, office manager. We needed someone to help me manage the office. And over the years, as JR saw and understood and learned more about uh, technology for people with disabilities, she kind of gravitated toward the blind low vision technology. So she became much more familiar with it and could share and show and teach some of the features and functions of the technology. So she does much more of that now. I'm gonna say in addition to the office management of ISG. So JR has been a very important and integral part of ISG for many years. Um, and again, I'm gonna say that many of you know these people because our contract with DVR lasted for 20 plus years. So you might know uh, Roger Wiswello. He played an important role in our contract with VR in that after we did an assessment, after we met with people and said, okay, what are you trying to do? What do you need to do? If this is employment related, let's look at the essential functions of your job and let's figure out what piece of technology would be important and necessary for you to do that. And once we had identified that and client and counselor and ISG agreed upon something, we would turn to Roger with Swellow, who would make sure that we were purchasing the right technology. So it was a real collaborative effort on all players uh, involved to choose the right technology. And then of course, when it came to doing a lot of the blindness training of these products, we turned to someone that was very familiar with the devices, and that would be your guy's own Art Cavanilla. So Art has been another guy that we, gee, Art and I go way back now. He too might be 10, 15 years we've been working together. And we turned to Art to do all of our blindness training. So he plays an important role in ISG in that he knows the technology, he owns the technology, he uses the technology in his business and in his working with you guys, HAB, 
And so being very, very familiar with the products when it comes time to share it, it comes time to show it, to make sure that the devices are part of a person's success story, that's why we turn to art. So there's been others. Um, gee, what comes to mind is uh, Jackson Hayden. He was a very important player. Uh, he was a retired Hewlett Packard engineer. He was an electrical engineer and he retired to Hawaii. And I met him one day and I told him, you need a job? And he said, yeah. We went on for 10 years like that. So Roger came to us in the same way. He was looking for some kind of wheelchair or something. He called us up by accident. And before you know it, we were eating pizza. And next thing I know, he was working with us. So ISD is based out of our home office here in Honolulu. I'm in Kapahulu, a few blocks outside of Waikiki. Um, our home is a completely accessible home for me with a physical disability, a wheelchair user. But we work with a lot of people with, uh, who are blind or low vision, and they come here to ISG for assessments. If not, we go to their workplace or their homes or wherever they are going to employ the technology. So we do what we call support services and product sales. So when it comes to the product sales, it's because we have working relationships with different manufacturers and we are their local dealer here in Hawaii. So we work with companies like Enhanced Division, Humanware, Eschenbach Optic. I'm kind of naming the blind low vision companies because we mainly want to talk about blind low vision stuff here. And um, we've had long-term relationships with these folks too. We've had other relationships with other manufacturers, um, but we kind of boiled it down to who are the main vendors of uh, the technology that we want to work with. Um, and I'm not going to share or show any of that technology here and now today because everybody's situation is so very different. And for me to hold up one piece of equipment and ah, that's, that's not what I need, that's not, that doesn't work for me. Because there's kind of the two different groups, yeah? There's folks that have low vision. That means they have functional vision, but they still don't see very well. Their vision cannot be corrected by prescription glasses or other devices. And so they are going to use stuff like a desktop or a portable video magnifier. They might need uh, a lighted magnifier or maybe even a magnifier that doesn't even have a, a light on it. Maybe something they can just keep in their pocket. So again, that's where that whole assessment process, process comes in because there's such an array of devices that everybody needs to try. And we're kind of big on that try before you buy because why might you buy something that eh, winds up in the junk drawer, right? It's, it kind of works, but it's not really something I'm gonna tote around with me. So we kind of like to make sure that people try before they buy. Um, 
course, the other side of that disability coin on is blindness and people that don't have vision. And these are the folks that may use a Braille device. And again, there's all kinds of Braille devices. And a lot of people have their own personal choices on which brand, what kind of Braille device they want and need. Um, blind people might use screen reading software like JAWS and Zoom text. Um, those are probably your two big uh, software pieces that people are going to be using a computer just like anybody else, but need the screen reading software to do so. So there's, of course, the support services. That's really important um, because, yes, we can sell you something, a magnifier or a Braille device or some other piece of equipment, but it's really important that we support what we sell. So that deliver and set up and sit down one-on-one -on -one to show you, to make sure that the device is set up the way you need it, it's plugged in right, it's features are reviewed with you, Let's tweak it this way. Let's make sure that when you turn it on, it looks like this, or it immediately goes to that kind of a function. So that's the importance of the support services tied into our product sales. And we provide services here, of course, in Honolulu and throughout the island of Oahu, but also on the neighbor islands. When we had our VR contract, we provided services statewide and just about any week during the month, we had people on neighbor islands. Uh, for example, JR has a place on the Kona side of the big island. And well, until this COVID thing blows over, she used to be there about once a month, every other month. So she had a lot of customers there who were blind, have low vision, and they would purchase product from us and she would go there to support them in setting up and tweaking the features of of their devices so that's a cool thing art traveled a lot um roger traveled a lot not recently but uh hopefully we're all going to get back to that and we can be happy and using our technology again so maybe uh one other thing i should mention is our um, contractual relationship with Helen Keller and the I Can Connect program. So that's a federal program that provides services to your deafblind group, uh, your deafblind people. And so we coordinate our services with uh, Leah Newman and she, she takes a lead role in that and doing the assessments and so forth. And then we come on board to uh, provide the training. So if you want more information on the I Can Connect program and being able to coordinate with uh, Leah Newman, you can let me know and I'll, I'll get in touch with you and we can talk more about that. Um, I'll end by saying that, uh, yes, Island Skill Gathering is here at 3472 Kanaina Avenue. And our phone number is 
732-4622. And you can always reach us at our email address, which is isghawaii808 at twc.com. I'll say the phone number and the email again. Our phone number is 808-732-4622. And our email address is isghawaii808 at twc.com. So that's my little uh, low-budget commercial for the HAB convention. Thank you very much for listening. And if you need help with your assistive technology, ISG would be happy to help. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Wally. So we are running. Let me see. What time is it? 11.21? Yeah, we have just a, a few minutes ahead of schedule here. So why not uh, entertain you all by giving you stuff? So <laughs> uh, let's see. So let, let's start uh, off here with uh, what do we have? What are we giving away here? Uh, oh, we've got another gift card. That's always nice. So we've got a $25 Starbucks gift card that was donated by Richard Rueda. So Richard, thank you so much for that. And who is Richard going to be making happy? That will be, uh, let's see, Jason um, Mena. Jason Mena. So congratulations, Jason. You're you're getting some coffee or uh, whatever you want to buy at Starbucks. Uh, all right, let's give uh, another one here. Let's see. So what's up next? Oh, we've got, oh, two loaves of uh, delicious banana bread by Anthony Akamine. Thank you so much, Anthony, for that. Who's going to have some carbs for free here? Um, it's going to be Victoria. Uh, Lee Worthy, Vic Victoria Lee Worthy, Victoria Lee Worthy. So congratulations. I, I hope you're not on a no carb diet there. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll do just one more, one more. One more. So, uh, oh, okay. We've got three more of those wonderful handmade masks by Mona Yamada. Uh, thank you again, Mona, for those, for making those for us. And uh, the winner is... Brenda Lucas, Brenda Lucas. So let me let me uh, say a little something here before we get into our next speaker. So, um, and this is related to ACB. So I thought I'd throw this story in here for you guys. But, um, you know, I, I uh, didn't become involved with the blind or visually impaired community until 2014. And uh, that was when I decided to go to um, graduate school. And it, it so happened that I decided to go to graduate school, school here at the University of Hawaii, because I, I wanted to study Japanese language and linguistics, and they have a very good program here for that. So it just worked out that I was coming to Hawaii. Now, of course, school, university, uh, graduate school, no exception, is expensive, and, and uh, students need money. And so when I started looking into uh, where I can get free money. <laughs> it just so happened that I discovered that the American Council of the Blind had a scholarship that they were offering. And uh, so, you know, I, I did research and all that. And of course, the um, CCLVI, of course, another scholarship. And it was through those kinds of scholarships that I, I, I managed to, you know, not only pay for part of the school that I, I ended up going to here in um, in, uh, in Hawaii, but I also went to my first national convention at ACV. And that year it was at Las Vegas. 
And uh, so I got to learn about the American Council of the Blind, and it was a wonderful experience. And, and I got to really interact and get to know uh, people in the blind and visually impaired community here in, in the U.S. And, and it, was, it was a great experience. I learned so much. But not just that, I also got to meet uh, a few members of the Hawaii Association of the Blind. And um, Art, for example, I, I got to meet Art for the first time there and, and Landa and Natalie and David. Hey, guys, everyone, everybody. So it was wonderful getting to know all of you. And, and it was through that connection that I became involved with the Hawaii Association of the Blind. And I was also fortunate enough to receive a scholarship through there. And so it was just, uh, you know, like I said, not only getting to pay for, you know, part of my schooling, but also getting to learn about the community and then becoming involved with the community here was just a great experience. And I've, I've stayed with the organization ever since. And it's been, what, like six, almost seven years now, maybe. Um, and and I've, I've helped out in various ways. And, and, you know, we're all busy and I do what I can. But it, it's been a wonderful experience. And, um, you know, and now I'm getting to do this and, and get to talk on ACB radio and all this. So <laughs> it's been very, very interesting uh, getting involved with the community. And, and, you know, I think that the scholarship program, especially, you know, both within here in Hawaii, but especially at the, at the national level where, you know, you guys have, of course, you reach out all across the nation. You know, it's such a great way to involve young people that maybe were never involved before. So for that, I just want to say thank you to ACB. And, uh, you know, with, without you guys, maybe I wouldn't have become Come involved with HAB, and uh, like I said, it's been a great experience. So, um, with that little personal story out of the way, I think we can we can get into our our next speaker, who happens to be um, well. Th this speaker is always. I think you know every year that I've I've been involved with the with the HAB, it's always been somebody that we've brought over to Hawaii and we have them speak for us, you know, in person, and we bring them over from the mainland, and it's always a great you know thing to not just connect with ACB ACB in this way, but to connect with somebody from outside of the organization, bring them over, and and we always have a wonderful time um, hearing what they have to uh, tell us about ACB. So this year. Um, well, specifically, this this little section is where we do the um, the ACB report, uh, the yearly report, and uh, the person that we're having on is, is someone that I, I'm name a name who I uh, am very much familiar with, uh, and it's an honor to get to introduce her. So uh, she is the ACB convention coordinator, and uh, her name is Janet. Dickelman. So welcome, Janet. I, Thank I you, you can... so much, Antonio. Great. What a welcome, great se what a great segue with your story about scholarship uh, winning an ACB. Oh well, well, no, it, it's it was an honor. I got to win two ACB scholarships. That is an absolute honor. So, um, thank you so much for everything you guys do and for uh, making me uh, go out to the convention and meet everyone and learn about ACB. It, it's something I am very grateful for, and it changed my life. So, thank you, thank you, Janet, thank you, ACB. And that is it. That's a remarkable story, and I'm so glad to see that as a scholarship recipient, you stayed with ACB and you learned and you grew and you became a became a member and look what you've done for ACB and what ACB has done for you. So that that's wonderful. And I do have to say, so um, Antonio went to the convention in uh, Las Vegas and I don't know what he did there at the Riviera because just after we had the convention at the Riviera, they tore down the hotel, but I don't, I don't personally hold Antonio uh, 
<laughs> I don't think I had anything to do with that, but I'm glad I got to experience that before. That's right. I went away. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting because I found out, oh, probably six months before the convention that um, the hotel was scheduled to be demolished. I believe it oh, was wow. in August and our convention was in July. So that made me a little nervous, <laughs> but it worked out. Well, thank you very, very much for having me. And I'm so sorry that I can't be there in person when Art talked to me at the ACB convention in July and invited me to come to the convention. And, you know, we were so hopeful that it could be in person and uh, disappointed. I would love to be there visiting with all of you. And, you know, I was so impressed my first convention that I went to when there was such a large contingent from Hawaii. And I thought, wow, all these people from Hawaii come all the way for our convention. And you have one of the larger contingents of convention attendees. And I think that's just, that's just amazing. And I'm so proud of HAB. And also, you are always so generous. And during our ACB roll call, and we just did a recording for our roll call um, a couple of weeks ago, and Art again announced the donations that Hob was going to be making to ACB. And I really appreciate all your generosity. Thank you. All right. So year in review. When I found out I was going to be doing this segment on the year in review, I said to myself, Oh, no, 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 no. I'm the convention person. I can talk about the convention forever. But, you know, and I pay attention to what's going on in ACB. And I, you know, it's very, very important, of course. But I thought, no, you should have somebody like Eric Bridges, the executive director, do this segment, or Dan Spoon, the ACB president, do this segment. And I even reached out to Art, and I reached out to um, Vicki, who's been a wonderful convention coordinator, and we've had so much fun together uh, emailing and talking back and forth. And I said, you know, I'll do the keynote speech, but I don't know if you really want me to do the, the year in review, because I don't know how good I'm going to do at that. And they said, oh, no, no, you do it. And I said, well, do you mind if I, you know, reach out to um, Dan or Eric? And I did. And both Dan and Eric said, oh, no, you'll do fine. And they also had other commitments. So they said, no. So I've been trying to pull some things together as far as a year in review for ACB. So here goes my feeble attempt at it. And we will talk some about the convention. And of course, I'll talk more about the convention this evening in my keynote speech. So, and the legislative front for ACB, there's a couple of bills that we are watching. Uh, the first one is HR1 and also its companion bill in the Senate S1, which is an amendment. And we're, this is the, um, for the, uh, for the People Act, the voting, um, to the For the People Act. And what we're looking for on this, ACB initially said that we should not support this bill because it was not giving a lot of information or a lot of credence to remote voting. So now on this voting, there is an amendment that is coming up and that will be um, entered in on May 11th, and the markup is to allow the states that already permit electronic ballot return um, for absentee ballots to continue doing this. And it will also allow additional states to offer this voting method in the future. So um, 
and it will also will include remote ballot marking systems uh, in the Help America Vote Act. And that is a definition of a vote. And that this would require that electronic assistance um, commissions test and certify remote voting systems in the same manner that they do for in-person uh, ballot marking devices. And it would also make sure that the set, the accessible voting systems that are in place now for electronic voting will stay in place. So we're very supportive. So if these amendments go through, then we certainly promote this bill because we want to make sure that we don't lose any ground on the accessible absentee ballots and the accessible voting machines, in-person voting machines that we have available to people who are blind and visually impaired. And I don't know about Hawaii, but we were very excited in Minnesota to have accessible absentee balloting um, here for the 2020 elections. The other piece of legislation that is important at this moment is regarding, um, is to the Endless Frontier Act. And I, I love the name for this act. And it is S-1260. And what that will do, this talks about... Um, autonomous vehicles, and it will um, it's eliminate barriers to transportation and enhancing independent travel to um, critical to people who are um, disabled and blind. And what this will do is it wants to make sure that we're all on equal footing when autonomous cars um, hopefully are in our future. And um, ACB strongly supports that um, we pass S-1260 as an amendment to the um, Endless Frontier Act, and that would incentivize American companies to test and develop accessible autonomous vehicles. And so we want to make sure that there is a lot and that people who are blind and disabled and people with other disabilities are included in this testing and in the work on autonomous cars so that we too may someday be able to drive an autonomous vehicle. And that would be very exciting. All right, that's it on the legislative front. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, president's meeting and legislative seminar that we had in February. That was the first virtual ever that we had. Um, and we were very excited that we had at least that we had 40 states represented via Zoom for this. And I have to give a shout out to women because 70% of the presenters at the legislative seminar were female. Um, so I thought that was, that was very exciting. Um, those of you who are familiar with the World Blind Union, uh, which is made up of people from all over the world and our very own uh Immediate past president, uh, Kim Charlson, is now the North American Caribbean uh, regional president for the um, World Blind Union. So that is very exciting. On the front of ACB elections, this year, of course, we are having our convention virtually again. And we certainly hope that we can all be together in 2022 in Omaha, Nebraska. But for this year, we're going to be virtual. 
And that allows, will allow even more of you from Hawaii to come and join us for the convention. And that's great. But um, we're going to do something new this year. Last year, we were not able to conduct elections, but this year we are going to conduct elections electronically. And normally, people who, the only people who are able to vote in our ACB elections are people who are actually in the meeting room for our general sessions when elections are taking place. But this year, we are able to open up voting to anyone who is a member of ACB. So every ACB member will receive a unique voting code from ACB. For those of you who have email, this code will be sent to you a couple of weeks before the convention. For those of you who do not have, who we do not have an email address for. So if you are handling your um, certification for your affiliate and you want to go into MMS and make sure that you have updated email for your attendees, you can certainly do that. And we will, everyone who has an email address will receive the unique voting code via email. If you do not, we will send it to you surface mail and it will be sent in large print and in braille. And these codes are unique to you. I'm not going to have them. So when you get your code, please hang on to that. And you will need that for all of the voting for ACB officers, board members, and board of publications members. So we, and we're planning on having a practice um, election. I believe they're going to do it about a week before the convention. So with your unique voting code, you will be able to vote in three different ways. You can vote either online at a website that will be provided to you. You can call on a telephone and it'll all be set up. You enter your code into when you call in and then you will select one for person A, select two for person B. And if you don't feel comfortable entering all this information on phone, you can call and you will reach a actual live operator who is not involved with ACB, is involved with Vote Now, who is the entity that we are working with for our accessible, uh, um, our online elections, and they will take your voting, your vote. So anyone who's a member of ACB will be able to vote this year at our convention. Because of that, we're going to, normally we have our elections on the final Friday or Thursday, depending on the configuration of the convention. This year, we will start our elections on Monday morning and have them go through Friday. And if need be, we will have an additional Saturday session on July 24th to conclude our voting. Because we do have, we have all of our officers for ACB and then I believe we have four board members and several board of publication members. So it's going to, it could, um, we are just hoping, we know this is all going to go well the first couple elections, and that's why we're going to do a practice election. You know, it's going to take some getting used to for all of us. But I think this is a great way to do it. And as I said, everybody who's an ACB member can vote. All right, a couple of other updates I'd like to share with you. For those of you who are audio description fans, and I think most everyone who is blind, visually impaired, if they have access to audio description, is an audio description fan. Um, 
the ACB and Bay State Council for the Blind, which is Massachusetts, have come to a set, worked with HBO, um, HBO Max, and they are going to do 1,500 hours of uh, the way that this was worked out in the agreement. They were going to do, they're going to do 1,500 hours of audio content um, the first year. And then double that for year two to 3,000 hours and then double it in year three. Well, they have already gone ahead and exceeded 100%. Or they've already done over 1,500 hours the first year. And uh, Werner Media, which is involved with them, is doing 100% of all the PBS content for their new shows TNT and True TV are also doing all of their new content in audio description. So this is really huge for audio description fans that you can turn on your TV and get all this new content in audio description. And at the convention uh, Monday evening, we are going to have a panel of industry, an industry update from eight different entities that pr that are in the media and provide audio description anywhere from um, we've got HBO, we've got Comcast is going to be there. We have Google, we have um, NBC. All of these entities are going to be talking to us about what they're doing in the audio description arena. So that will be Monday night at the convention for all of you ACB um, audio description fans. Um, couple of other things I want to talk about. Um, ACB, and I'm going to actually start doing this for ACB of Minnesota because I had the uh, dubious honor last weekend. Among my other hats, I will be president of, I am president of ACB of Minnesota. But um, we haven't been doing this, and I don't know if you have, maybe you doing it in Hawaii, but on a national level, we are tracking our volunteer hours. So any committees, um, people like uh, myself who do this convention coordination as a volunteer um, and a lot of our Zoom people, our Zoom hosts and our streamers are tracking their hours and we submit them to ACB. And in 2020, ACB logged 42 thousand hours of volunteer time. And the reason that we do that is a lot of people for grant purposes, a lot of entities want to know how our members are helping support ACB. So that's why we started to track them. And that my, I think that's a really good thing for state entities to start thinking about too. And when you count the volunteer hours, and I think it's like, $22 an, uh, an hour of volunteer time equates to, I think it's $22 in money, um, actual money. We have logged in at least a million dollars ACB has of in-kind support by our volunteers. And that is just absolutely wonderful. I really appreciate that. ACB appreciates that. Um, on to next year, we just decided that our 
our DC leadership meeting again, used to be called mid-year, but it's the um, president's meeting and legislative seminar is going to be the first full weekend, or first weekend in March. So it looks like that will be March 5th. Um, So anyone from Hawaii who's interested, and we are going to try to meet in person in Alexandria, um, as we have done in the past, except we weren't able to, of course, last year due to COVID. So that is the weekend for that. Um, ACB has had a lot of job postings and announcements. So I'm just going to go through a few of our new hires that ACB has had. Uh, Right now, they have a position open for a part-time administrative assistant in the Alexandria office to help uh, Sharon Lovering and uh, Kelly Gask, who really work a tremendous amount. And if they can get an admin assistant to answer some of the phone calls and help out in the office, that'll be a tremendous help. Since our convention in 2020, uh, we've hired, ACB's hired several people in the Brooklyn Center, Minnesota office. We have a new HR person, and her name is Erica Keller. Um, JoLynn Bailey-Page, whose name may be very familiar to you because she's been involved with ACB for a number of years, and she is our new audio description project coordinator and grant writer. So she has a dual job for ACB, and she's working out of California. Um, ACB just hired. uh, Her name is Jennifer Flatt. And I believe she's in North Carolina, and she is the communications staff leader. Um, So she is going to oversee all ACB uh, communications. We also recently hired Colby Garrison, who is the membership services administrative person and will work with mem- in member services with Cindy and she is the assistant there and she will help with member services and um, all of the community calls. Uh, we also hired, as you may know, Claire Stanley, who was our advocacy and outreach um, specialist working with uh, Clark Ratchville, left uh, to pursue another job. And we have hired Swatha Nanda. Kamar, and she is in that position, and she is going to be moving to Alexandria. She's presently working out of Illinois right now. So we have a lot of new faces in ACB, and so when you see emails or see information coming out, that's who some of these people are. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about is Verizon Media Accessibility has donated what uh, what works out to be 830, $830,000, $100,000, $830,000, I'm sorry, of ad space to ACB for their brands. So they are going to, on all, on all of their brands, on Yahoo, on TechCrunch, on Engadget, on AOL, They will, over the next couple of quarters, they will promote ACB and some of our and some other organizations who work with um, disability organizations to um, 
to promote us. So we are getting a lot of free advertising from Verizon on all of their brands. So that is, that is really speaks to the commitment that we have with Verizon and the work that ACB has done um, with Verizon and Verizon Media. Um, accessible currency, you know, is still an ongoing effort. Um, we are hoping or we're hoping, but we still don't know for sure that we know that the new $20 bill with Harriet Tubman is going to come out. And we are hoping that that may have an accessible feature. We do not know yet. Um, I know there was an article in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal rather about accessible currency and how um, the 50 pound note in the UK is the last of their um, notes to have an uh, accessibility feature and how here in the United States, our currency is not accessible and ACB was asked for comments for that article. So we're hoping that we've gotten um, tactile currency in the forefront again, but it looks like probably our first good shot at having accessible currency probably won't be until 2026, but keep your fingers crossed. Um, let's see. Um, ACB is really promoting um, our get up and get moving promo. And that is to encourage people to get out into the community and to be, um, to be an advocate, to be public awareness partners, um, to do, uh, and and to um, have accessibility to a healthy lifestyle. So we are working with a lot of partners, and that's going to be kicked off at our convention Saturday evening. Is our get up and get moving, and that is um, Tony Stevens and Clark Ratchfield will be kicking that off. So stay in touch. Uh, stay tuned for that. And as to the community uh, calls, I mentioned that briefly, ACB and the community calls has just exploded since last February. And I believe the last number I had was that we've had over 3000, I think 3200 was the last I heard, um, community events throughout ACB. So I know that has brought a lot of people together. And now with um, Clubhouse, which is another accessible app that is audio only, people are joining that and ACB has a presence on that. So we're really trying to get out the word about ACB. So I am going to stop right here, Antonio, and um, if we have any questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Otherwise, we can get you off to lunch or I can spend a few minutes talking a little bit about convention and I'll talk more about that this evening. Okay, Janet, this is Monica. If you have any questions, feel free to raise your hand with Alt-Y on your PC, Option-Y on your Mac, Star 9 if you're using a phone with a keypad, and it'll be in the middle of your app on your, uh, if you're using your iPhone. And nobody has a Nobody question. has any questions. Okay. I'm just laughing, sorry, because um, the reason I was laughing is I was on a call with Janet one time and she, 
I think she asked me, do you memorize, do you speak those out in I your did. sleep? Yes, I, I was just thinking of that, Monica, when you were going through that. And I, I, always, I always ask the host when I'm doing any kind of call to please go through that because I don't remember them. I know, you know, I do it on my computer and I know it's all day on my computer, but I, you know. So you do a good job, Monica, Thanks, doing that. Janet. So thank you. Um, I'm going to just say a couple things about convention, and then I'm sure Antonio has a door prize or two, and then I'll let you go out to go have your lunch, or in my case, dinner, since we are five hours ahead of me. And um, I, I do have to say for this evening's speech, um, Vicki did give me the option of recording my speech this evening because it will be at 12.30 a.m. my time. But I said, no, I'd rather do it live because I hate recording things. And this way I'm available for questions. And I, t I told Vicki I was just going to pretend it's New Year's Eve tonight because that's the only time I stay up past midnight except during the convention. But I'm not going to pop the cork on a bottle of champagne before I do my speech. So just know that. Um, anyway, one little quick convention related thing that I want to talk about. You've probably seen emails talking about creating an account for ACB. And ACB has a myriad of different things where you have passwords for you may have registered for the holiday auction, you might have registered for the convention, we have your information in donor perfect and in for the membership database. And each one of those things has had a password and username. Well, we are trying to streamline all of that and put everything together. So we, you will have one username and one password for everything going forward. Forever and ever, you will have the same username and password. So I'm telling people to make sure you remember what your password and username is and or write it down, keep it in a safe place because you'll be able to down the road, not only register for conventions, but go into update things on your ACB profile. If you change your address, if your email changes, you can go in and make all those changes with your username and password. So we are asking everyone, especially for who plans on attending the convention this year to go in and set up a, user account. And to do that, go to members, M-E-M-B-E-R-S dot A-C-B dot O-R-G. And there is a, it will say create account and go to that and you will put in your name and you will come up with a password and username. Our passwords and usernames do not have to be case sensitive. I mean, do not have to have a capital letter. They do not have to have a symbol. They do not have to have a number. I always tell people to make it as easy as you can on yourself. So you will remember it. And it'll ask you a few other things such as your um, address, your phone number, your email address, and then for grant purposes, we've added a couple of other things um, to our membership request. And that in these are not mandatory questions, but they do ask your gender. And there's several selections there, including I choose not to give my gender. And they also ask your ethnicity. And again, you don't have to provide that information. And the last thing that you will select is that you are either blind, visually impaired or sighted. And then you will go to create account. And when you hit that button, it will bring you back to where you would put in a username and password. But that means you're done. You don't have to do anything else because there's nothing to log into at this moment. But 
Then once you've created your account, when convention registration opens on May 20th, you can just go in with your username and password and do your convention registration. And that's all I'm going to say about convention right now. Oh, and if you are not a computer person and don't want to do this over the phone, uh, I mean, do this um, on your computer, there is a phone number that you can call to um, have someone set up your account and that someone will be me. And the phone number is my phone number, which is 651-428-5059. But for all of you in Hawaii, please know that this is my cell number. When I go to sleep at night, I turn off my cell phone so that if you decide at midnight Hawaii time that you want to call me, you're not going to be bothering me. Well, midnight Hawaii time, I'll probably be up. But if you want to call me at eight o'clock at night, Hawaii time, I won't be up, but you can certainly leave me a message and I'll get back to you and get your account created for you. And with that, I will go ahead, Antonio, and end my presentation for now. And I will be back with you this, this Wait, evening. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Uh, ah, a question. I have one question. All right. All right. This is Art. And first of all, let me just say, you know, for somebody who was a little bit nervous with this and wasn't sure, you did a bang up job. I think it was super, super well done. And I, I, I'm just impressed. So. Well, thank you. Tonight will be better. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm sure it is. Now I'm watch. Sure. Tonight, tonight I'll totally bomb. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. You'll be great. But anyway, you know, I, I thought maybe we, if, you, if you could and if you had the, the, the insight on it, you might want to, if you might want to say a few words on Clubhouse and maybe ACB uh, com um, communities, the new okay. one. Let, I, let, me let me tell you, I, I have to make my admission here. I am not an iPhone user, and this is an app. So I, do, I know that Clubhouse is an audio forum. They have a lot of, you go into Clubhouse and there the are many now rooms and they are groups talking about various things. And there are people who are talking about ACB. I know that ACB in the morning has a presence on clubhouse and they read all the community call information. We have officers and other people from ACB who are going in and talking about club uh, talking on clubhouse, but it's basically you can go in and chat with people who have similar interests or if you're looking for people who are blind it is something that you do need to be quote invited to so there is a link that you can go into and you put your information in there and it's not like it's an exclusive club we will let anyone in we just want to make sure that you know we know who's coming in just to make sure that it's a, a safe and a good place for people to speak. And so we will um, invite you in, you'll get a little invitation and then you can go on at any time. And what I will do is try to get a little more information on clubhouse. Cause I'm, I'm hemming and hawing because I don't know that much about it. And I can send it to art and Vicky and they can forward it on to everybody. Appreciate it very much. Uh, I just really wanted to get a give the members a heads up because I have not had a chance yet to really speak to our, our group about it. <clears throat> you and, probably know uh, a lot more about it than I do. Art. 
I thought you and I are about are right about the same. Are we are we on the same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't dug deep enough into it yet. So um I was hoping that I might learn some more. Oh from sorry. You. <laughs> but you I understand it well. that it's a really up and coming thing and that ACB is going to continue to have more of a presence on it. And I will get some more information and I'll send it out to Art and or Vicky and they can pass it on to the HAB. I'm sure you have an HAB. E- I know you have an HAB email list. So oh, definitely pass it on yeah. to them. Well, thank you again very much for um, answering that question. And I'll, and I'll hand this back. Uh, my question is over. So I'm going to hand it back to Antonio. Thank you again, Janet. That was wonderful. Um, so, I mean, we're pretty much right at the end of the morning uh, program right before lunch, but we do have technically what, I mean, we are right on the mind, but hey, let, let me just do one, one uh, door prize and then people we'll will forgo lunch for a door prize. <laughs> hey, free money, free money. That's right. All right. Price is right here. Come on down. Um, let's see. So who's Who's winning? Uh, we've got another $25 Amazon gift card donated by Sharon Ige. And that is going to oh, Mona Yamada. Congratulations, Hi. Mona. You get to uh, uh, shop on Amazon with this gift card. So congratulations. Congratulations. And uh, we've got uh, around 10 more, I think. But uh, I'll leave that that for the afternoon program since we're right at 12 o'clock. Um, so we will be going to lunch, um, go get something nice to eat, uh, stand up for a bit. I certainly will be doing that. And then we'll be coming back at uh, one o'clock with the continuation of the program. Art, do you want to uh, close things out with anything? Okay, thanks, Antonio. So again, uh, thank you, Janet. Uh, you know, wonderful job done there. And I want to say, um, as we say here in Hawaii, you know, really much mahalos to Antonio for doing a bang up job as our MC for the day. Um, I think he needs to be on radio more often. Uh, he's good. Think, he's really yeah, good. He's really good. He's a natural. So we are very happy and uh, honored to have you as our MC today. So as he was saying earlier, folks, um, you know, Go ahead, take a break. We'll be back about 1 o'clock Hawaii time. It's pro- probably about 6 o'clock, I think. Uh, it is 6 o'clock my time, yes. Yeah, East Coast, I think. Is that? No, uh, six o'clock, 7 o'clock East Coast. Oh, 7 o'clock, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm in Minnesota, so I'm Central yeah. time, so it'll be 6 o'clock my time. Okay, see, I, I get I get all these. I know. Of, um, oh, I know. Well, Vicky, Vicky gave me a tutorial, and I have to keep into account now. You know, depending on the time of year, because either either you're two hours ahead of California, or in this case, three hours ahead of California. Right. So, that's, that's depending right. That's on where the time is, up. now I've got it. Though now I've got Hawaii <laughs> down. Thanks to Vicky. So 1 p.m. Hawaii for everybody else. Do your own calculations. That's right. <laughs> Antonia and Art, this is Monica. It's been yeah. my privilege and honor to host for you today. And I will be oh, turning my so hosting duties over to Lynn. Thank you very much. And you are, again, wonderful people to help yeah. us out. 